All right, welcome back, folks. Welcome back to Snooze and Booze. I believe we're on episode 29, if I'm not mistaken. Does that sound about right to you? Uh, 27, 28, 29. Either 29 or 30. How many did we do last week? Um, last week was just one. It was a one long one with our cousin Mona that we'll be putting that one up pretty soon. Um, yeah, so I think we're at episode 29. But, uh, yeah, you, we've been getting a lot of good reception lately from the podcast, a lot of good feedback. And uh, I'm digging yeah. it, man. I'm, I'm glad that people are enjoying it forever, whoever, whoever, yeah. whoever it is. All the circle of friends are all, like, you know, uh-huh. you know, buzzing about us. Yeah, that's you know, it starts that kind of thing where, like, oh, your friends tell this friends tell their friends uh, and that kind of thing. And I'm hoping, you know, uh, you, you know, eventually, you know, a year from now, two years from now, it'll spread out, and we got, uh, you know, even more audience. Right, right, right. Yeah. Get that exposure. But for now, I'm just doing it for fun. I'm having fun. I love the, I love that the conversations we're having are finally recorded. Do you remember ever being like, um, like uh, at a bar or at a Denny's or a restaurant, or whatever, and, uh-huh. just, and having just a fascinating conversation with some of your friends, or whatever, and just being like, man, this should be everybody should be hearing this. You know, kind of <laughs> yeah. you remember all the time, man. All yeah. the time, you know. So, so I'm kind of like, this is what I feel like this is for us, you know. Especially those drunken conversations. Oh, man, those like, are, they, they just lead down uh, rabbit holes. Yeah, know? man, it's just like off on so many different tangents, but there's like some, not all of them, mind uh-huh. you, sometimes drunk conversations are exactly what they are, just drunk conversations. Yeah, you know? yeah. But still, there's some like, man, you know? Yeah. I wish I could hear that one back, you know? Uh, you're absolutely right. Like, man, what was I saying? I don't remember. It was fascinating. Right, What exactly. was I saying? You know, that exactly. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, before we move any forward, uh, we're drinking uh, some wine today, and I got mm. Dos Equis and Coronas, and we got a whole mirage of them. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it sounds, I think that's the typical Mexican beer, uh, Mexican beer and wine, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's something. And we're doing an OG episode today. No special guests this week. Uh, it's just me and you, man, going yeah, at yeah. it like we used to, that kind of thing. Yeah. Taking it old school. Yeah, yeah. Um, any cool things to talk about that you've seen throughout the week? Well, first, how was your week? How was you know? Um, I've been flying away during the week lately, so I haven't. Usually, we hang we hang around at least once or twice throughout the week. Oh right, right, right. But, uh, how you been now that you know? Haven't seen you since last time we uh, recorded. Damn, um, just trying to put up this heat, man. Ugh, it's been pretty bad, huh? Yeah, it's like. I wouldn't know to be horrible. honest. With you. I mean, oh well, it's actually pretty hot where I was. I was in Cleveland. And it's pretty humid hot over there. Oh, okay. So it's it's not fun when it's raining like really bad and then it's still hot as shit. Oh, gotcha. What is this? <laughs> uh, but I, I, you know, you know, obviously, you know, Jackie was texting me and like, oh, it's so bad, unbearable. Yeah. It's, so that's the worst it's been all week. Yeah, week? it's uh been yeah just High the nights. Hundreds. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's peaked to the hundreds, but it's been pretty close at least here in Long Beach or LA. That's the worst one. It's just the you don't get no rest. The night are still hot. You're like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just waiting for it to cool down. And lately, it hasn't been too bad. Like well, the nights tend to cool, but yeah, I flew back about Saturday evening, and it was already it wasn't too bad what I expected. Right, so, right. Uh, and then Jackie said, like, yeah, it's finally calmed down. The best has been so. Yeah, yeah, but this the whole week, you know, just the nights are brutal, man. Can't sleep. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Sleep naked again? <laughs> oh no no no! No like last time we were talking. I came in pretty close, but no. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, what you call it? What else throughout <clears throat> the week? Anything? Anything cool? Um, just work. Just the same old, same old shit. I you gotcha. Know? Yeah. Meantime, just uh, trying to look at weird stuff. You know, trying to find stuff to talk about on the podcast. But you know, I, 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 forgetting. I definitely do find it affecting the way I have a conversation outside of work. Well, specifically with you or anybody who we're going to have on soon mm-hmm. uh, or something like that. Like, we're like, I, I go into a, dwell into a topic and I'm like, damn, this is good. Like, damn, I should say for the podcast. <laughs> I shouldn't bring it up anymore. Or let's talk about something else that's not as good. Like, I definitely find myself catching conversations that I would normally like just say, yeah, we'll go off on tangents. Right. And I want right. to save it for the podcast. So it seems authentic if we, if it comes up organically or something. Right. You know? Right. Then it shouldn't. <laughs> it shouldn't I mean, be that way. Just, yeah. Now it's affecting how we are in the outside. That's <laughs> the thing, you know? 
It's like, oh, you guys are an asshole. Never wants to talk to me. You know, it's like, you know, it's like <laughs> nothing personal. That's funny. Uh, yeah, so I was in, I was in Cleveland. Uh, pretty cool. I mean, you know, uh, it reminded me a little bit of Indiana, just a little bit more. Um, parts were ghetto. You know, I was in, oh, in okay. Cincinnati actually, where I was at specifically. Oh, okay. Uh, but it was pretty cool. I mean, there's definitely like I feel like it's a little bit segregated. Like, oh, really? yeah, like uh, like where I was working at. It's almost nothing but white people, older white people, and every fast food restaurant you went to is like every only black people behind the counter, that kind of mm, thing. You know, gotcha. so it's very interesting dynamic. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, it's kind of curious. Huh. Um, went to a game though. Went to a Reds game. So baseball, oh, nice. Baseball's huge over there. Pretty fun. Pretty fun. Got oh, rained out cool. too though, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh. you got to experience it. Yeah, it was so fun. The first few Indians we were out there. Oh, the architecture, I think I sent you some pics, but it really looks... Oh, uh, bootleggers. Um, oh, I didn't send you the bridge pictures? No. No, no, no. The, it, the, their downtown area um, actually reminds me a lot of downtown Long Beach, huh. but the architecture is like nothing I've seen before. It's really, really interesting. Hmm. It's like, um, it has like a, I want to say old world feel, but it, it made me rem- uh, think of like National Treasure, like buildings like that. Huh. It just it's just very very curious like old school Philadelphia or Boston type thing. Yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. That kind of thing. It, it was like really cool. Colonial. Like, colonial. Uh huh. Colonial American. Yeah. Oh, um, it was kind of cool because cool I had a layover in Chicago. Oh, nice. And uh, well, I mean, usually you're just there for like three hours to your next flight, but I ended up getting bumped for my flight, and it was one of those things like really like uh, you know and like yeah you like whatever they sold more tickets than they had kind of thing. And uh, the airport's like, oh, you know, the airline was like, oh, you know, uh, don't worry, we'll fly out next flight next morning. I'm like, uh, okay, fuck it, you know, nothing I can do, and it's not like I'm in a rush to get over there anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they put me in a really nice hotel, the restaurants, oh, nice hotel I've ever stayed at. But uh, it was still pretty early in the day. It was like five o'clock, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, this is awesome, you know, like you know. So I I check on my Google Maps, like, oh, how far is the hotel for me? Uh, and it's like 13 minutes walking. I'm like, perfect. Oh, that's, yeah, let's, let me go, you know, sort of city. So I'm walking in, so like 20, 25 minutes go by, and I recheck it, and it's 13 minutes driving. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Oh. <laughs> so it'll be like an hour, <laughs> over an hour walk. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit. Well, I'm not going to get a cab now. And I ended up just mm. kind of exploring the city. Fell oh, nice, fell nice. in love, man. Chicago is definitely like... Very human too, by the way. I was very surprised with that, but hmm. I guess it's just the summertime. But I was very, I was like, man, this is tight. And uh, you know, was, I'd go and I did this thing where like I prolonged it, where like I'd have a drink, I eat at, at one bar here and then another one there. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I'd gotcha. go, I'd be like at a bar for like ten to fifteen minutes, have a drink or two, and then move on. Uh, and stuff, and it was, it, I did that on the way to the hotel. You know, like oh, kind okay, of kind of and drink your way back. And then I, yeah, and then I, I checked in, and then. Um, they had a like the hotel had also given me like they, I get vouchers you know oh, like, okay. food vouchers or beverage vouchers, so like the rest of the night was on the on the airline, oh, so shit. I went down to and I went down to the hotel bar and it was super nice and it, I had like no shit like a like an hour long conversation next to a, some some guy from uh, the Netherlands oh. yeah you know, it's that kind of thing was man this is awesome you know like it's, it's yeah, cool yeah. you know just they're experiencing you know. Like di- meeting different people, a different wear in the city I've never been to before. Right, right. Yeah, and he, he oh, and then we got talking, and then like <coughs> get a little bit, you know, it gets a little bit, imper- you know, just like a podcast gets a little bit personal as you go on. And uh, he had just got married to uh, a Mexican chick, but oh. from Mexico, like from I think Monterey or something like that. Oh, oh no, wow. Mexico City. So, and then he's asking me, like, oh, how do I say this to her in Spanish? And so, we're, like, they're texting together. <laughs> oh, nice. And then, and then she's asking me, like, she's asking me how I know all this stuff, like, that kind of thing. And it, I just, it was really, really cool, you know, oh, like, man. I got to experience it. And Did then our bartender was a, a chick from um, 
Bulgaria. Uh, oh, yeah. Shit. So like, oh, this is this is this is all very international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was a really really cool experience. And as far as like being my first time in Chicago, I was like A plus A plus, you know that kind of thing. It felt really cool. You know? Not bad. Yeah. Do so, want to experience that one day. We gotta so, go, man. Yo, yeah. Say when. Say when. <coughs> Chai town. Doc holiday. Oh. Doc say when. Say <laughs> when. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what's gonna call it? Anyways, um, um, we were. Oh, I won't try to bring. it. I was gonna say like, oh, so have you seen this? No, but we were just talking about this before we started podcast. But um, train spotting two is happening. Oh man. Like we had a band named Train Spotting. Yeah, like, I we that. easily one of my favorite fucking movies of the '90s of all time. But just to say that's definitive for me, the '90s. You know what I mean? Right, right. That was one of the movies, along with like Pulp Fiction with uh, Chasing Amy, for me. That um, you know how like there's music that brings you into the new music world. Right. This right. was one of those movies that brought me to the indie movie world. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I saw it with you for the first time, maybe. Uh, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That that's my favorite movie of yeah. all time. I, I remember your poster. Anymore. You had the whole poster. Oh, right? I still, actually, I have another one. Yeah, it's still like in packaging on just like big piece of cardboard. It's a a shot where uh, Mark Renton's like he's like coming out of the toilet. Yeah, on a little trip yeah. to die for like the the heroin depository. Yep, I do remember that. It is just like it's just like him, just like uh, just popping his head out of the toilet. Just as crazy. I, I haven't opened it. I remember that movie for a long time. Man, it had to be like seventh grade, maybe that I first saw it. Right. Uh, I mean, it came out in '95. I was I was actually in seventh grade in '95. Um, so ish, I must have been younger ish. than that. Yeah, probably. Or when I saw it, maybe I was in seventh grade. No, no, I'm probably younger than that. But I remember, like, having, like, friends, like, uh, like oh, like, my best friend Chris at the time. Like, oh, you know, I remember, like, oh, man, this movie's fucking badass, dude. Like, and they were watching, like, dude, what the hell is this? You know? <laughs> like, he just tell me, like, like, oh, man, what's going on, man? And then it, and it was one of those, like, I can't understand what they're saying, the accents. I'm like, really? It's just a different kind of, you know, it was that kind of thing. But I remember a lot of people, a lot of people I tried to introduce to the movie, they just didn't get it. Yeah, they didn't know? get it. And it's, it, it is, I guess, like, I, for me, I, I well, I, I felt I always got it. I don't know if it did or didn't, but I always thought it was awesome. Regardless if I got it, what was really going on or not, I just thought it was a great movie. Funny Absolutely. movie, cool movie, great soundtrack, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it, I, I like the fact that it introduced me to a whole... Man, there's people that live like this, you know, that kind of oh, grungy, right, right. dirty feel, just like um, scum of the earth, but still... Uh, it's, uh, they were junkies. It's like yeah, a junkie yeah, lifestyle Yeah, exactly, movie, a junkie you know? life. And I love that, that, that that's a world that I, I'm not privy to at all, and it was just... It's just shot in the arm for you, or for me, you know. Huh, no like, pun intended. Yeah, that's right. Huh. Just like you're introduced to it. Probably. Right. And I, you, actually, the only person I knew, obviously, you and McGregor, I've known from other films, but, uh, oh, damn, I forgot, the, the one who's always fighting, the rage guy. Oh, uh, Robert Carlyle. Robert Carlyle. He's Beckby. the only one I knew from uh, a movie called Ravenous. Ravenous. Before. He was in Ravenous. Yeah, and he's pretty cool. He's a pretty badass dude, you know, but. <laughs> 28 Days Later? The scene, like yeah, that's right. Hmm. The scene I always remember um, from him specific for that movie, one of the only no no, it's, I remember a lot. But one says when he just drinking his beer, <laughs> he's drinking his beer as pint, and then he just like instead of putting it back down after it's empty on the table, he just like throws it. it over his shoulder. And but it it's like, like a second story. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're drinking the second story. He just throws it over, and then you just hear a woman scream, and yeah, her face just, is bl- <laughs> cracks a woman in the face, and it just cuts her open. And then she's screaming, and everyone's like, "What? Who did that?" And then he just goes like, "What the fuck is going on here? What's all the yelling about?" Like, dude, I was just thought like, "Damn, this guy's fucking psycho and fucking," but you're still like, uh, like root for him kind of thing, you know? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess you get that. It's like you're not supposed to, I guess. In in theory, you wouldn't root for that guy in real life, but for some reason, in the way they portray him in the movie, like this is like he has the audacity to do like all the shit he does. Ballsy. It's like, all right, you know, I'll, I'll give him props for that, you know? Yeah, yeah, I always like that. That was pretty. Yeah, funny. absolutely. So that's a. Uh, how did that become your favorite movie, or how did you even get introduced to that? 
Uh, one of my friends from high school. He's the one who introduced me to it. Yeah. I remember watching it. I was like, wow. It's just like this whole... I don't know if it's like a... Uh, just you know, just the way you know the characters are portrayed, or just the movie itself. But mm-hmm. it was just like I had just never seen anything like that. You know, yeah, it was just like that, like segue into just this whole other, uh, like uh, cinematic world. Or uh, it was like a combination of that and the music. Yeah, because um, that was uh, it was Ireland's Underworld, right? Or was it Scotland's Underworld? Underworld? Yeah, like just like oh uh, that. Uh, it takes place in uh Scotland. Scotland. Oh, it's okay. in Scotland. I was, it was either one of those two, and I I always I hate to do that because I know other people say like oh yeah Scotland or whatever. And like no man, yeah. I uh, get it right. You know that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. why I, I before I said which what it was, I wanted to make sure. Yeah. But I remember it definitely had like when Lockstock came out or even Snatch. Oh right, out. right. Even Snatch. Like I remember having that kind of feel. Like there was something going on there with um like. The way the Brits were making these kind of fun, adventurous type of movies, you know, mm-hmm. or I, mean, I thought it was really, really cool. Like, um, it, like you called it, you, it's just something you've never seen before. Right, right. And I kind of like you don't really see movies like that too much anymore. I mean, the last one I remember that was kind of like that kind of feel was Layer Cake. If you ever got a chance, to see no, that. I didn't see Layer. It was kind of everybody's introduction to Daniel Craig. Like they, the oh, first okay. time Daniel Craig was a leading man in it because he had just done stuff on the side before. I think I think Blair Cake was a guy on Casino Royale. Now that I think about it, hmm. but uh, but anyways, that's the last time I've seen something like that before, where it was just very like um, a fast-paced movie. What would you call it, or how? Would mm. you... I don't know. It's like uh, what would I compare it to? Um, uh, man, I wouldn't even know. You know, it's like it's uh, just a whole style of cinema. Yeah. So maybe if I was like more into that scene, like, yeah, it would be like obviously more titles than just like train spawn. Correct. Yeah. But you know, just like, since yeah. I, that's the only exposure that I really have to it, that's the only thing I can really compare it to. Yeah. Know? It was also uh, for me like, a huge introduction to just like it gives give you the lowdown on like the dr- the drug names and the drug world. And, oh like, right, right. You know. And before that, like, I mean, there, there was, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of movies that just deal with that kind of things. But this one was, like, it was showing you the life from their point of view. Right, you know right, I, mean? I get you. I you get usually you. see it from, obviously, Scarface, right? You usually see it from the high up top point of view or from working your way from the bottom to the top. Like, but mm-hmm. you never see it from the actual user's point of view. Right, right, right. You know, you see the aftermath, of course. You see when it's a movie about... Uh, uh, rehab or when you know rehabilitation when it's a movie about like uh but they for a good long part of the movie they show them having a great time and how good the life is for a while yeah it does yeah it has moments but it, obviously it does it does have its pitfalls and yeah, then when it but crashes it, it, and burns. yeah you know it, but for the most part it doesn't you know obviously the low point is the uh you know the the baby thing no, but spoiler alert yeah but well, that's all i say about that but i mean it's definitely uh it shows you like the whole broad spectrum of it, it doesn't it's yeah. not pinpointing you in like the evils of drug abuse right it's showing it's just it's showing a it's realistic just like a view. glimpse of just the way the lifestyle is exactly. like unbiased i guess I, I thought so i thought it was unbiased yeah because yeah. it because yeah. you know like said ups and downs not, they're just not showing you like oh look at these pieces of shit they're right. showing you characters who you kind of like you know and sometimes they're pieces of shit and sometimes <laughs> they're pretty funny you know like that kind of thing yeah so I thought it was a really honest yeah. just, uh, depiction of what... The, I mean, now I'm looking back at it thinking it's really honest. But keep in mind, at the time we're watching 11 years old, I don't know if it's honest like, or not. I just think these guys are funny sometimes, you know? And they happen to be drug users, you know? That right. Kind of thing. It's yeah. like, oh, what's life over in Scotland? Is that what it's right. like? You know, yes. that's like what I tri- what I used to trip out <laughs> exactly. on when I was little. Yeah. Like, just, uh, just, like, not even so much as, like, them as junkies, but just, like, uh, life in Scotland at that mm-hmm. time period, you know? Like... Is that what it was? Like, wow. Absolutely. It's kind of different, you know? Absolutely, yeah. You know, but it's always just like those little things, but... Well, to continue on what we were talking about, yeah, they're making a part two to that. And I'm mm. very excited about that. Because, like, for the reasons we just stated about, you know, being some of the favorite movies. Right. But, and it's not one of those things where it's like a studio cash grab. 
you know, this is a movie, what, 10, 15 years later? Uh, yeah. Take. And uh, it's not necessarily... 20, actually. 20 Just years later. 20. Wow. So it's not one of those things where, like, oh, let's, you know, um, um, what, I don't know, what's a movie? Uh, Scorpion King came out. Let's make a Scorpion King 2, you know? <laughs> it's not one of those things. The studio's... That's right. the, it's actually based because uh, the the book recently came out. The book didn't come out that long ago. The the sequels of the book oh, came okay. out about three to four years ago. Oh, I okay. remember reading about it when it was kind of like, oh, this is interesting. And I was uh, the guy wanted to write about where they are, where are they now type of book mm. on based on Train Spotting. You know the original author, uh, know, Irvin or, Welsh. Irvin Welsh and um and the book came out like I said about four years ago. And then they get the book is pretty good. You know from what I've read from the reviews and all that. Mm-hmm. And they said, like, this could work as a movie, too. Well, let's do it. You know, if we did, you wrote, you know, all the actors are still working actors, most of them. And, and uh, yeah. Yeah, most of they're them are still, like, I mean, they're not, um, you know, Ewan's the only one that blew up, blew up, but everyone else is still like a character actor or working actor. And mm-hmm. they're all like, everyone's down to do it. Supposedly, the cat, the original cast is still down. They want to do it, you know, awesome, like I said, man. and it's based on his work. So it's like his stamp of approval, that kind of thing. And man, I, I, that's, I can't be more in, that's awesome, you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. There's like, definitely like, um, like where you were at 20 years ago where, we, where I was at 20 years ago and now like let's see where they're at and how it compares to where I'm at 20 years ago you know what I mean yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. really cool when something like that happens yeah the only other thing I can attribute to something like that is the way uh, with Boy Meets World and Girl Meets World <laughs> you know oh, the I still haven't seen it I, yeah, seen it's, it's good. I was watching an episode earlier watch. with Gwen and it's good stuff man but that's the only thing I can compare like oh this is something I love for my youth and they're bringing it back with most of the original cast and and it's and it's cool, like oh, this is where I am in my life now, and it's pretty relatable to where they were in their life now. You know? Right, right. So I, I think that's that's gonna be something cool like that with uh, train spotting too. You need some? I was gonna just get some of the wine. Oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead. I'll keep it. Actually, I, I I wanted to do this. So meanwhile, like as a break, if whatever you gotta do, I'm gonna play like a song, you know that kind of thing. Oh yeah. yeah. So it's go ahead. Five seconds. No, no worries. Enjoy this song, meanwhile we break. Beach Boys got on those. Probably one of their. I mean, it, it go, it go, it, in my opinion, it could go up against any Beatles song. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Brian Wilson. Have you man. seen Love and Mercy? Yet? I still haven't seen it. Okay, I saw it. I was waiting, but I'm probably gonna. I, I fly out again on Tuesday. I'm probably gonna watch it on the plane over there because uh, I've seen it already and it's just it's bugging me every time I go to iTunes. Like, what's new and new new releases, or whatever. Uh-huh. It's just there, staring at me, winking at me. You know, <laughs> so I'm probably gonna watch it when I head over there. Um, yeah, that's uh, John Cusack is plays the older version, and the younger version is played by um, Paul Dano. Paul Dano, he was really good. Man. Absolutely, I, I, he has that like Edward Norton feel behind him. Like huh. when Edward Norton first came out, you know, he was a young kid who had like obvious talent. That's what I felt about Paul Dano. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, so well, I mean, shit. Next thing you know, he's. Uh, I mean, I, I, I uh, what I like from him, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, that's seen? right, Little Miss Sunshine. Like, oh man, that guy's gonna be something, you know. Next thing you know, he's in like. Uh, next thing I see him is uh, There Will Be Blood, and he's getting you know nominated for shit like that. You know, like. Blah, blah. Oh, that's that was great. Pretty cool, yeah. Which is the other one? Um, it was like no a. No country for old men. No, no, no. It was um. I know he comes out in it. 
he was like this like kind of like douchebag kind of son of uh i don't know if it's like the mayor or something it was like like almost like a western like science fiction Ooh. Harrison Ford. Oh, uh, Cowboys and Aliens. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, was that him? Yeah, was that I him don't think it? so. That was him. To be or, honest with you. What movie was it where he's like? I know, I know. I mean, it might be. I'm not sure. But he, if he, it was him, he didn't stand out to me because I did see it. Uh, Keanu Craig is the star in that one, alongside Harrison Ford. And who's the the, the girl in the movie? The woman. Those are the only two characters that stood out for me. The movie really wasn't that that good. It, it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. it's really hard. Like, when's the last time a genre has been mixed like that? Like, Back to the Future Three. It's the only time I can remember where a, a genre like uh, that has been mixed and it was and it worked. Uh, I don't know. There's like a Wild Wild West that kind of has this. Nope. like <laughs> I don't think it worked, man. I don't know if you liked it, but I did. Well, I mean, I don't know about work, but I mean, just um, just uh, like it's like still like Western with this kind of like uh, sci-fi steampunkish. Yeah. to it yeah. I mean I'm just trying to say like a blend of those two things well, I mean, but the last time it worked though that's the only Work? thing I can think of is Back to the Future 3 you know oh uh, yeah. yeah I mean I know they did some stuff in cartoon form with you know Justice League movies but I can't I can't think of anything that yeah, I don't know or I don't know maybe X-Men uh, I was trying to think of maybe like the Phoenix the Phoenix saga uh, Sebastian Shaw and the Hellfire Club or am I thinking of something different from the movie? No, no, not the movie. Oh, I, I, I remember oh, from the books? animated show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was cool. But the Hellfire Club, that wasn't. That was just you know cosplayers, pretty much. Then <laughs> hmm. it wasn't in that time zone, you know. Oh, it's probably way older than that. Yeah. Um. What's we called? What were we talking about originally? Uh, uh, before Love and Mercy, before the break. Um. Shit. Train spotting. Mm-hmm. Talking about train spotting. Nineties movies. I don't remember where it came from. It was. Honestly, it just went from like uh, train spotting. Uh, then we could we could bring it up later. It's yeah, no biggie. Yeah. Uh, there's something else that um that caught my eye. Oh, Seven Chinese Brothers. Have you seen that film yet? No, I haven't seen it yet. That's no, another no. thing. Like I'm just you know getting a chance to catch up on excuse me on movies on the way to um, wherever I'm playing. Dude, I really like I love Jason Schwartzman's character in that film. Uh, it's hard to explain how he is, man, because he's really a guy who doesn't. Uh, he doesn't really much care about his station in life. Mm-hmm. He has this nonchalant view, or, or he applies it to everything in life. Any job he's had, we're like, like it starts off with him getting fired, and he's like, ah, oh, all right, well, you know, and he works, he's working like at a bar, like, all right, well, I'm taking this severance package, you know, like, <laughs> and he takes like a giant bottle of whatever wild turkey or something, and then he's just like sip, you know, puts it in like a like a Seven Eleven big old or whatever, and he's just sipping on it all day. And then he goes to get his car fixed, you know, an oil change or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he sees a sign that they're now hiring, so he applies for the job and gets it. So he starts working at AutoZone, shit like that. <laughs> just ran, like, very, very, like, uh, he's just going about life. But I really, I mean, for him, he's he really is one of those actors, authentically, where anything he's in, I'm watching it. All right, I'll right. Watch. I'm going to give it a chance because I know he picks cool shit, you know? Right, right. And, uh, but I really, I, I like the movie the way it was. There's no big, there's a, a small character change at the end, not but not really too big he's still he's pretty much still the same guy you saw in the beginning right, right. it's not a big thing where something happens and there's an event or, there's nothing like it's wait just, for that climax or yes like it's not it's just you're just he's living his life uh, the movie I mean so the movie is just um, a simple movie that's that has a lot of great funny scenes in it and, and you really care about some some certain of the characters and they're cool and it's and that's it. It's it's very calm. It's a very, it's not like it's I'm laughing out loud the entire movie, and it's not like uh, it's a boring movie. It's you you have you kind of have this subtle smile throughout the entire movie, and it's huh. and it's it's cool to have that for like for two hours. You kind of have a smirk like huh. 
Yeah, and you're doing that for and it's oh, and it's yeah, nice. Yeah, and yeah. it's cool, you know. And sometimes there's like a few sad scenes, but for the most part you're just like, you know, oh yeah, yeah. You're nodding your head most of the time. And it's cool to have a movie that makes you feel that way. It's not it doesn't take you to extremes like they want you to. You know? Right, right. Yeah. So it's almost like uh, it makes it like relatable. Is that is that what it well, is? It's absolutely like, relatable because these okay. characters are you know they're not um, they're definitely very you know like um, well he's in his mid to late thirties at the time, but it's still just very just feels like like yeah that could definitely be me or um, and even and you're not even if it's not relatable like oh that's not me it's still just really cool movie just a subtle movie you know. Mm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't think. I know there is because Wes Anderson does that, but there's usually something that's going on. Um, but what other movies are like that that you can think of? Uh, uh, Jeff Lives at Home. It's the, very much like that. Jason except, Siegel. Uh, yeah, I have that movie. That's a Duplass Brothers movie. I really like that. Oh, movie. is it? Yeah, uh, Mark and I think uh, what's his name, uh, Eric Duplass. Something like uh, I don't know who the other guy is. But you know, one of the guys from the league. That's why I know his name. And he's really good. Um, you know, safety. I guaranteed one of my favorites. Have you seen that movie? Oh, no, no. You told me about it's it. Good. Well, Jeff Lewis is at home. But there's something that happens at the end, right? And it's, right. it becomes kind of like, okay, so it's kind of like that. And then he has a major character change. So let's say it, it's like this movie up until the climax of the very end. Gotcha. So gotcha. most of it's just like, oh, you know, it's interesting. <clears throat> Anyways, but I really, I highly recommend it. Chi- Seven Chinese Brothers. I think it's on demand now. If you oh, remember. is it? Uh-huh. Um, on Netflix or like uh, HBO? I think HBO on demand. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. I'll keep a lookout for it. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely. I'm sure it'll come on Netflix soon, and you gotta check it out. You know. Yeah, because usually, uh, for the most part, I only use Netflix like on my lunch break. It gives, oh, right. gives me something to watch or something. But it's a, uh, it's usually stand up or I'm watching like Seinfeld on Hulu. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, me it's too. I do Hulu a lot. What are you watching on Netflix? And just the stand ups or any cool shows you're keeping up with? Uh, shows not really. I think the last movie I saw on Netflix was Melancholia. That was a few weeks ago, actually, but... Uh, Robert Plant movie, right? I mean, uh, Robert, Rob, um, what's the name from Twilight? Uh, Melancholy? Yeah. It, it's one? it's with um, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, but isn't the guy, uh, the dude from Twilight, Robert, um, I forget his name, Pattinson. Oh, no, he's not in that. I might be thinking of a different one, then. Uh, no, 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 he's not okay. in that. I thought, I thought it was his movie and her, like, in the, like, married type thing. Oh uh, no! It's Alexander Skarsgård from Yeah, there you go, Skarsgård. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. I don't know why. How I got? I must like, be oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, how was that? I heard it's pretty cool. It hey, it was movie. good. It's um, pretty, pretty brutal, pretty insightful, I guess. Um, like her character. Mm-hmm. You know, um, kind of like reminiscent of um, say uh, Elizabeth Wurzel, uh, Christina Ricci's character in Prozac Nation. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, two completely different storylines. I just mean about the characters yeah, I, themselves, I get you, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And it's uh just about uh it takes place. Where the hell does it take place? Like I want to say it's like somewhere like in England or something. Okay. But I guess uh, there's a there was like another moon or something mm-hmm. uh behind the sun. Yeah. I want to say that it's like it's like on a collision course with the Earth. You know. Okay. So it's pretty much like the world is ending. Yeah, yeah. I did. I, did, I mean, I heard. I heard the synopsis. I, I yeah. That's. I know that's how it reads out. Yeah. But uh, I, I mean, it's kind of like a an interrelationship in, in the world type thing, or what? Uh, kind of. Um, it's just like you know, there's like a newly married couple, and it's actually kind of a it's pretty downer movie. You know. Yeah. Like, there's no like high points or anything. It's just kind of like very somber mood until like eventually you know. That reminds me of um, everybody dies. 
have a well everyone does that right yeah, but it's not spoiler like spoiler alert fuck have you seen Seeking a Friend for Gentleman? oh absolutely one of my favorites easily like top 10 of all time especially because when I saw it when it came out I wasn't even here I was in uh, Japan so it, oh okay it really like I, I I'm coming home to a movie theater and I, I immediately like uh, Skyped a Jackie like oh dude you gotta watch this movie I'm oh, you know, thinking about you right now but there's a movie I saw recently uh, I had seen the trailer for it about a year ago and I was like, God damn it, I gotta wait till that movie comes. I cannot wait. I wanna see it. And then just like, I just browsing through new releases and, and just coming. But you ever heard of the movie Comet? It's Justin Long? Justin Long and um, uh, Emily Rosen. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. I haven't seen it yet. It's fucking. It's awesome. And you, you gotta pay real close attention subtly to the words because, like, uh, you realize it, you kinda you get hints of it in the beginning, and then you realize the end. But um, now it's keep in mind this is the setup. It takes place in an alternate universe, but hmm. that's the only thing that has anything to do with like sci-fi shit. So it's because it's not about the movie's not about like uh, traveling through uh, dimensions or universes or anything like that. But it's it's awesome that for whatever reason, um, like it could be it could be set here on this earth for whatever reason. He just said like oh take place on an earth a few earths uh, a few earths over you know hmm. another another dimension another universe a few earths over you know let's say there's fifty two or however infinite takes place like oh, okay this one's the one uh not your earth but not our earth but the one a few over what were you gonna say no isn't that a quote somebody says that is that a e.e cummings quote uh the, about the multiverse i'm not sure uh just something about a few earths over so i don't know just click something maybe i'm mm, has to be inspired know. by that then because oh, it's yeah. pretty specific i mean who else would you know mm. but i'm sure it's probably specific to that oh okay but uh you don't really get uh anything that's it that's how the movie begins right this is a love story about a couple a few a few earths in a parallel in a parallel dimension or parallel universe a few earths over that's all it says right hmm. and then it begins and then you get you get you get your typical love story and then at the very end you gotta get like what they were talking about type shit uh because it, it has two suns you know, so this Earth has two suns. Oh, okay. So there's two sunsets coming, kind of coming down at the same time because they, they look pretty similar, close to it. But that's it. So uh, so when the end, the movie goes and you know they reach the what it's going to happen, you see the kind of two suns kind of setting, and you remember like, oh shit, this was in our dimension, because that one of one of the quotes that Justin Long says at the end, like um, somewhere somewhere out there, there's another us, there's another universe. Uh, where we're not together and I don't want that to be this universe and that's really actually I thought that was really mm. really profound but I thought that was cool because um, you know like as 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 they put that they get like oh yeah you remember that's right the quote from the beginning they're not in our universe you know that kind of thing and maybe oh. it's not for everybody I mean it, I definitely picked up on it but if you don't pick up and you'll never know and it's just a beautiful beautiful love story mm-hmm. um, uh, and then but just that fact of that oh yeah that's right there's a little notch to, to anybody who was paying attention in the beginning you know that kind of thing huh so I really liked it, but uh, instantly became one of the most heartbreaking movies I've ever seen in my life, and because it was so real to how a real life couple works with that. And I remember telling like Jackie, like you gotta watch this movie. And then like I get like a couple hours later, get text from her like Will's emoji crying emojis, like <laughs> why did you make me watch this movie? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Right. You know, I'm watching it on a plane, so I'm just like, and I'm in the middle seat, so like, and I don't want to shut it off, but I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, like pretending I'm sweating, like oh man, it's hot in here, oh, right, right. <laughs> that kind of thing. So it was one of those things. It's great, and it's it's very um um like Quentin Tarantino esque. Where, hmm. the, it, where it's not necessarily chronological. Oh, okay. But uh, there, there's 
there's like a main scene that you're you're seeing in real time. Mm-hmm. Everything else is flashbacks, but they're not necessarily telling you flashbacks, and they're also not telling you the order that this happened. Oh, okay, until gotcha. the conversation where it's because the conversation is the only scene where it's real time, mm-hmm. and that's taking place where they mention stuff like, oh, well, you didn't do this because of that and that one time, you know, and mm-hmm. then, so like, oh, you're putting it in order now in your head, I'm like, oh, that flashback scene from the the third flashback was actually supposed to be the first one, you know, vice versa. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. So it's really cool, kind of makes you work. And one other thing, like. Uh, those two people are on every shot of every. It's almost you could you could argue that there's like six people in the entire movie, hmm. and the, and every scene that they're the main focus on every scene. Oh, okay. It's on Netflix, okay. by the way. Will do. I had to rent it on iTunes, but um, it's on Netflix. Highly recommend. Uh, like if right. once we're done tonight, I recommend you watch that. Movie. All right, so I'll definitely watch that uh, for sure. More I'll than anything, I, I I like if I ever talk to anybody, if I'm talking to someone at the bar, like, hey, you seen the movie comment? Check that movie out. Like that's how I feel about it, you know. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I instantly moved up to my top. Did you ever feel that way about any, um, like, um, mm. any films that you were just compelled, like, man, you think everybody should know this as well? Or maybe any books or something like that, or paint, like, anything oh, in the man. artistic world where you felt like, why isn't everybody just, you know, out there uh, enjoying it like the way I am? Well, just to touch up on how you mentioned uh, Seeking a Friend for the End of the World earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's funny, because I want to go watch that movie by myself, mm-hmm. like, in an empty-ass theater. So, I remember just saying yeah. <laughs> pretty ironic like oh man it made me want to look up who that was and i wanted to watch everything they've done you know that whoever the director or writer was uh sophie i don't think it was coppola no no no, it wasn't her but i i, I remember like i mean i don't remember now and i remember being like damn man i want to see everything they've done i thought that was a clever i actually i, re, I equated that to like you know how safety night guaranteed was like an indie version of like back to the future type shit um, I mean, that's just the way I would explain it. Oh, it okay. has, the movie has really has nothing to do with time travel. Like, right, 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 right. Like, this movie, in reality, has nothing to do with it. It's not like Armageddon or Deep Impact, where it's an end-of-the-world type movie. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do... That's just a, uh, that's just the the catalyst to bring people together to to hmm. in, in ways you would never see before, that kind of thing. And they're being more honest with you uh, because they don't give a fuck type thing. And right. they needed something for that. So it could have been either a drug or... Or, uh, you know, whatever it was. Not, but they used the end of the world as a catalyst for that. So, to get a story moving along about two people who end up, by chance, f- falling in love when they're not really supposed to. Hmm. And that, that's how I felt about seeing... I thought it was very clever, the way they did it. Like, they used the end of the world as a device. Right. To tell a story about two people who are fall in love on a journey somewhere else. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of brought together just by sure happenstance. I, I, I really like that. It may be not too original. I mean, you, obviously, you see it coming from the beginning, but... I just thought it was, uh, I, like, I fell in love with them, along with them falling right. with each other. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, hmm. What, what made you come to see it? Uh, Have you heard I, of it before you saw it? Or no? uh, just probably from the trailer, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember the trailer. Um, the song in the trailer was uh, Road to Nowhere by Talking yeah. Heads. And yes. I remember that song from Little Monsters yes. at the yes. end. Yes. <laughs> and I just remember hearing the song, like, oh, man, I haven't heard this song in, like, a million years. Yeah. Then you know, you know, they go through you know the trailer or whatever. It's like, that's my kind of movie. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch that. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. And I went by myself. It's uh, yeah. You know, uh, I do that from time to time. Yeah, it's like no biggie for me, you know. But like, whether somebody wants to watch it with me or not, I'm gonna go watch that shit. Remember when it came out? I'm gonna go watch that. And I was like, man, I just walked out of there like, fuck. Why is the sun still out? Where are my sunglasses? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, that that movie hit hard. That movie definitely hit me hard. I get a chance to do that uh, all the time, you know, because I'm always by myself when I'm on the road. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's sometimes, you know, it's I know it's hard for me to say, but it sounds like you just don't feel like drinking. Like, you know, because for the most part, the routine, when you get off a long day at work over there, you're going back to your hotel room. And usually, uh, you know, what, a couple hours in the gym, and then... 
you have trouble for me especially because of the hour difference the time change you have trouble sleeping so six pack a night will put you to bed you know no, cool. <laughs> I no shit like sleeping pills and six pack and you know I'm good till whatever and cause I have to for, cause keep on, like for me especially over there uh, recently when I was in Ohio's uh, three hour difference oh okay so number one it feels like it's like if it's 10 o'clock over there it feels like it's you know fucking 7 o'clock Hmm. Now, so I'm not even getting sleepy till at least like one o'clock in the morning. Like, oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. But on top of that, like, uh, you know, we, we can go to work around six, maybe five thirty. Mm-hmm. So that's like two, two and o'clock in the morning. You know, <laughs> so I gotta wake up like oh, it still feels like two o'clock in the morning. I just went to bed like a one o'clock. I'm like, god damn it! <laughs> so literally, like, I'll, you'll have to force yourself to like I'll take them like uh, around seven over there, just so I can, hmm. I, can I can fall asleep around eight eight thirty. And then you know I wake up early, you know, to get my day started, whatever. And you know, you know, yep, you're waking up. You already have to like jumpstart your 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 time zone thing, you know. Gotcha. That's gotcha. what I was telling you last night. Like I was still in the different time zone, like, cause it was pretty, you know, whatever. When I left my mom's house or my grandma's house, it was already like um like maybe ten thirty, but it's like almost one. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh okay. I was already like, damn, I'm just gonna call it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. Well, anyways, so sometimes when you just I don't feel like drinking or whatever, I'll just go to a movie theater. I'm like, oh cool, you know, perfect, and uh, I'll see something I haven't. No, but uh, I'm not gonna go watch Fast and Furious Seven <laughs> while I'm there. You know, what I'm saying I'm gonna watch oh. something that no one's you know ever that I've never heard of. You know, sometimes right, right. And sometimes you just get lucky and you see a fucking cool movie that. You never in a million years you would have seen it, you know? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I like that. You know, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I miss doing that. I haven't done that in a while, but... I'm trying to think. What was the last movie that I saw? Like that. I think it might have been that one. Speaking of... Uh, well, that was in 2012 when that came out. Huh. But speaking of Fast and Furious 7, um, obviously a Fast and Furious 8 is in the production. Oh, right, right. As you heard. But one cool, uh, <laughs> cool thing about that is I heard that... Uh, it's kind of like the Expendables. Like the more they go, the more they go in the you know into sequels or chapters, the more you're gonna finally get like cool people. Like yo, you got to see like oh cool Antonio Banderas and, and you got to see him again in the recent one. Like shit like the uh, Western Snipes. Like, you know it's cool oh, to see okay. them again. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then in the latest Fast Furious, like oh cool you know Jason Statham's in it now. You know that kind of thing. Uh, the first time they did that, I think was with The Rock or something like that. Oh you know. I think when The Rock came out in Part Five or something, like oh shit they're doing that. Is that the Brazil one? Yeah, that's the Brazil one. So I thought that was like, oh, cool, they're doing it now. Well, anyways, um, uh, I heard Nicolas Cage is rumored to come for part eight. That sounds awesome. <laughs> and man. I was like, and they like if they make him the bad guy, I haven't seen him being the bad guy in quite a while, you know? Uh, Since, like, what, Face Off? I'm I, trying I, to think of something else. That's the last one. The only one before that he did was a bad lieutenant, but he wasn't really a bad guy. He was, like, kind of that guy walking the line between good guy and bad guy. Kind of like uh, Denzel on the training day? Yes, yeah. He, well, a little bit, be- uh, a little um, bit more yeah. redeeming because Denzel was... Yeah, but it's very, very yeah, similar. Yeah, I get you, I get you. Uh, by the way, is he Bad Lieutenant? <laughs> no, I don't. I never <laughs> saw that. fucking badass. All right. First of all, the original Bad Lieutenant, the Harvey Keitel one, I thought that was a cool-ass movie. I remember watching it when I was a kid. That was an 80s movie, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I think, actually, I think it's 78. Oh, wow. Movie. It's pretty good. It's pretty long time ago, though. But, mm. uh, so when I saw Bad Lieutenant Port of uh, New Orleans and everything, I was like, mm. oh, shit. I love when he does accents. <laughs> Fucking Nicholas Cage. And Doing like southern accents like in Connor. Yeah, exactly. Why couldn't you just put, put the blood it back in, in the, the box? I love that. What it was, uh, yeah, so if he does, if he signs on for this, because I, I, I was like, Kurt Russell, he's, yes, thank you. Oh, I'm that's in. right, that's right. I'm in, man. Kurt fucking Russell. And uh, if they bring Nicholas Cage, you know, Kurt Russell my favorite actor of all time. So if they bring Nicholas Cage to act against him, like if he's a bad guy and Kurt Russell's still in that series as, you know, right. one of the good guys, yes, you know, like, <laughs> hell yeah, you know, uh, a la like Tango and Cash type shit, you know, or, <laughs> I, yeah, hell yeah, man, I want to see that. <laughs> 
Have you? Do you um, remember Tangled Cat? That's one of my favorite. Yeah, I remember from like way back when. It's a Sylvester Stallone, was it? Yeah, yeah. I just saw it like a baby, like three months ago. I you know I watched it from time to time just when I'm feeling bored or. Oh right, right. Or I force the kids to watch it now. <laughs> That's my excuse for getting to rewatch movies. Uh, either that or Ernest movies. <laughs> Show the kids those too. <laughs> eh? There was a good long while where like I thought Ernest was the coolest guy on the planet. <laughs> 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 Ernest P. Worrell. <laughs> Ernest P. Worrell. I thought the I, no shit like still to say uh, uh, goes to jail is my favorite one, man. That's a good yeah. yeah maybe oh, just because he had superpowers. I don't know what it was for the kid, but I thought oh, it was when he got shot. Yeah, but even till this day, uh, the funniest like I'm crying every time I see the scene, the court scene <laughs> when he oh with the the pen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, um, he's writing, taking notes or some shit, and he's very distracting. He's in jury duty, right? Jury, duty, yes. jury duty, he's yeah. Jury duty. He's super distracting, and he's taking notes on like a notepad or whatever, and then the ink. Oh no, he's chewing on. He's the pen. chewing on his pen, just bored, not it, even paying attention, and it breaks, and he's getting ink all <laughs> over <laughs> him, all over his face, and the judge keeps looking over, like, what the f-? like the disgusted look on her face type thing. Because he's pretty loud. Because yeah. <laughs> he starts using the the pad the paper pa- oh, the, to try to wipe like like the uh, ink yeah, off of his face. And just, so he starts like chewing it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you hear, just silent, just like all these like Crack, noms crab. and noms. <laughs> the dude's trying to flee the defense, you know, the lawyer, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> and then the judge. Every like two minutes, the judge keeps looking over, like, what the fuck? And he's like, hmm. his, face, <laughs> his face is like, hmm. <laughs> I still think that's easily one of the funniest movies in cinema history. Like, I'm not even kidding. I'll put that up against anything, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I that that scene, it, but the entire movie is awesome. Like, uh, uh, and that's like the coolest ever. You know, his uh, when he obviously spoiler his twin, you know, whatever. Uh, that's the coolest we've ever seen. Uh, James. Oh, uh, that's right, James Varney. You know, like man, he's a cool. Like, damn, this guy could really act. You know, like that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it gave you that dynamic because other than like Ernest movies, I've never really seen him in yeah. anything else besides uh, uh, Beverly Hillbillies, which he was awesome. In, exactly. Yeah. I was like, wow. And Toy like, Story too, by the way. But but you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but no, no. For the most part, you're right. And then I think I, I saw, like, a documentary on him, excuse me, and he was, like, a real serious actor before the Ernest character came apart. Mm. And, uh, and you look back, and, man, yeah, he was a cool-looking guy, man. Just really, like, he had this suave thing to him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you never see it, so Ernest goes to jail. Joe, yeah. Like, it's cool, because I, I remember did see, like, a documentary on him, on Jim Varney, and they said, like, um, aside from, like, he had a few vices, you know, he, he was a big heavy drinker, mm. you know, he obviously a smoker, but for the most part, like, he was just, like, a... Like he'd always show up at uh, uh, children's hospitals in that character. Oh, yeah! No like, way. I mean, it makes me like, man, I'm glad because I really liked it. I looked up to that guy as a kid. You know, you love to see movies, and you wanted you want them to be good people outside of right, their, right, outside of their characters. And the fact that he'd do shit like that all the time, like, man, that's good shit, man. Good to go. Now, now it makes you feel better about liking someone like that. You know? What I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, what did you? Any of your favorite movies? Um, uh, Ernest movies or like, mm-hmm. man, I like the Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah, that was I a great did one. like Ernest Goes to That camp. little Mexican dude's in that. That's in every movie. He's, oh, uh, I forgot his name, but he's like a bootleg Danny Trejo. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, he was Joker in the next Friday movie. Yeah, um, I forgot his name. What else did he come out in? Uh, a lot. He of was movies. Ramon in uh, yeah, in Clueless. Romeo, yeah. Romeo and Michelle's. Oh no, I'm sorry, you're right. Romeo and Michelle's. Yeah, sorry. It's Ramon. Yeah, he's in everything. You know, he's yeah, one of those, yeah, like I like, said, you know, usual suspects as they call them. Um, but yeah, Ernest Goes to Camp was great. <laughs> um, what else? There was Ernest Scared Stupid. That was a great one. Eartha Kit. Uh, Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah, you're right. Eartha Kit was the fucking witch, right? Forgot about that. Man. Yeah. Um, Ernest Scared Stupid was a. Uh, I mean, excuse me. Uh, uh, Saves Christmas. Christmas. 
That was a great one. Uh, what else was there? Do you remember when the first ones? I don't even remember how they started. How you started watching them? I just watched it because my dad. That's how I like watched a lot of like. Oh no, but I don't. I don't, I don't remember the like, chronologically. Oh, like which one came first, second, yeah, third? I have no uh, idea. No. But like the one that sticks out for, uh, the most is Ernest Goes to Jail. Yeah, that's probably like the first one, the one that we watched the most. Well, I remember uh, the one time like I recognized the other actor in there was a uh, Texas Cobb. Um, he's like the one of the henchmen. Um, the the curly haired. Oh, the, from the from Ace Ventura Part One. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he used to be a pro boxer in the seventies, a heavyweight boxer. Oh really? He was a contender, and uh, that's the only reason I remember. Like, oh shit, he's acting now. You know that kind of thing. And I remember like, yeah, he was uh, in that movie. He's in a few movies, but <clears throat> but I remember he was like a char- he became a character actor in the early nineties. Oh okay. Yeah, like uh, Digstown, like I said, Ace Ventura, a few other ones, but that was just kind of his thing, you know. Oh okay. He played like you. a like a bully or a, or a thug. Thug. Mm-hmm. A crony, a henchman. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, damn. What's another funny scene from J- Goes to Jail? Oh man. Uh... Oh, the two security dudes. <laughs> oh, <it's> a... <laughs> those. Guys... <laughs> Those guys are awesome. <laughs> and it's like they were pretty much the same characters, like in all every the movies. movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Along with Ernest, they're the only ones that were repeating. I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody cool. else is different. Um. Yeah, different setup or whatever. Uh, damn, I'm trying to think. Uh, was um, I'm trying to think of one. He almost raped, like the bad Ernest almost rapes that 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 bank teller girlfriend he has. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, when he like she came over. Yeah, and he's like in a robe and like <laughs> Ernest, what are you wearing? Like, oh, it's just my thing, baby. You know, like, I gotta <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fucking cool, man. Um, or do you remember that scene where they're in the lot? The um, he's ordering like lobster and he's trying to get the. He's still magnetic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like trying to get the butter knife off him, and he's like, ah, and he throws it, like throws his hand to get off him, and there's like a waiter right next to him <laughs> where the knife gets caught, and like instantly, the waiter's just like, <laughs> like someone's trying to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's another good. one. That was a great shit, man. That was a good one, man. Yeah. Um, man, um, what were you mentioning before? You said something. I wanted to touch up on it. Uh, how do we start talking about Ernest? We're talking about man crushes. No, we weren't. <laughs> uh, I don't remember, to be honest with you. I think we're talking about like Furious, A, Nicolas Cage, Kurt Russell. Uh, maybe favorite actors from the eighties or something like that. Favorite actors, man. <laughs> something always like it's like triggers. We, yeah. we don't even realize like you know like when we go off on a path, Segment, but like yeah. trying to like look back, like how do we get here? It's kind of like <laughs> that's why I love re-listening to these because like oh okay okay like, that's where I was going. That's where I got lost, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure, man. Yeah, same. Um, oh, um, how you were saying that, uh, like Jim Varney uh, mm-hmm. would go visit kids at the hospital yeah, and his character. Yeah. Uh, Jim Cummings, the voice of Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. uh, he does this thing where he calls children in hospitals and talks to them in the Winnie the Pooh voice. I can do the voice too. That's one of one of the many. Imp- Oh, oh, boo, oh, piglet, oh, I don't know, man, I can't do it right now because I'm drunk, but it was like, oh, chemo, oh, yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Uh, I gotta hear it again, anyways. Oh, yeah. uh, people but get so he'll call, <laughs> you'll call kids? Like, yeah, and you just have like, cancer, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's not like <laughs> No, I'm more hopeful, man. More Is hopeful. your refrigerator running? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you better go catch it, boo. Shit like that, or no? I don't know. So, so. All right, you know what? I'm going to start calling children's hospitals. I'm going to get that guy in trouble. <laughs> Uh, TMZ. Next up, uh, voice of Winnie the Pooh is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Shit like that. Uh, that's um, kind of cool, man. Like, I, 
obviously, you know, you heard the story about that the Batman, the the I think it's the New Jersey Batman he's called or whatever. Oh, like the millionaire he just drives around like in Well, that's just that, but he goes to he drives around to go to the children's hospital. Right, right. And uh well it was really cool. I mean he died accidentally, so rest in peace. But that's cool, man, because he had been doing it for like twelve years or something. Oh like wow. That. And I think the uh with the money he's donated and the time he spent, I think they said that he had like spent up to like seventy five hundred thousand dollars. Oh wow. Just like on expenses and time and like he's a, that's kind of cool, right? Like, if you got nothing to do, I, mean, I love I love Batman. I'm gonna go put in a suit and go visit some kids in the hospital, man. That's pretty awesome. That is tight, yeah. You know, you know, and the the really cool thing I uh, like he was on his way to visit hospital when he died when he got hit by the car. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the bad news heard and somebody heard about you know like oh shit he's not gonna make his appearance. Somebody one of the orderlies dressed up in that suit that was his. Oh, and, shit. Uh, and fulfilled like oh you know like oh yeah because the kids already thought like Batman's coming back that kind of thing. You know, Damn. Right? Uh-huh. And you know fulfill his last wish type thing and or you know his last appearance i'm like man that's you know they should make a movie out of yeah that, seriously you know? yeah that's what Damn. i want to see i don't want to see transformers 5 dude just show me a movie they're about making that. another one uh i'm sure they are i don't know but man give it a rest uh so speaking of that like making movies have you heard um what is it it's uh, the story about bat kid have you seen the documentary on that yet oh uh, no no you ever heard, you ever heard about him though right like uh, a real kid that just he had cancer the kid has cancer okay, uh-huh. he got cured by it but um, they he, he had a Make-A-Wish Foundation type thing, and he said he wanted to be Batman. Oh, So okay. they shut... Uh, it was a city near San Francisco. Uh, I don't know if it was actually San Francisco, but it was in, like, a, one of those towns near. Like, they shut down the whole town, and they had, like, the Riddler and the Penguin there scheduled, like, people in, in cosplay. Uh-huh. And they had, like, a Batman type uh, come with him in the Batmobile, and he got huh. to go... And he's like, yeah, we're racing. They uh, and they got they gave him a whole day. It was like you know, Bat Kid Day. They gave him a whole day where he goes, he catches the criminals, he puts them in jail with the commissioner, and the mayor gives him the key to the city. Oh, what? Like did this whole thing for him. the whole no town way. got involved. It was one of those things where like tugs at the heart type thing, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, they made a documentary about that. About, oh no shit. I want to say it's Julia Roberts that directed it or produced it. Oh really? I don't know for sure. Hmm. I gotta check, but if someone's a big name produced it, you know. And uh, it's that kind of thing where like, oh shit, man, like, because uh, I had heard the story and I was like, this is awesome. I remember reading the article and being like, man, that's that's badass, you know. That, yeah, yeah. Now yeah. that they're they're actually making a documentary on it, or did they made one? That's kind of cool, you know. You want to see that stuff? More, yeah, definitely. Want to see more of that stuff, you know? That kind of some hopefully. Yeah, real life. Definitely. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, um, I saw this one thing where um, like kids in the cancer ward. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, when they have them hooked up to chemo, whatever. Yeah. Or they said uh, that um, they covered them up with, like, these, like, covers with, like, uh, the Green Lantern logo, a Spider-Man logo, things I've like seen, that. Yeah. Like, you know, um, that reminds me of a joke. I'll bring it up after. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Where they're like, oh, what is that? I was like, that's your magic juice to help you get better, you know? Yeah. Your superpower juice. Oh, nice. Like I, yeah. I, I did hear that, though, like, where they, they yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I thought it was pretty cool when you mentioned that earlier. Uh, the so. joke, I forgot who said it. I want to say Hannibal Burgess. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, we all know him. He's in some, but um, I thought this was one of the funniest jokes. Uh, but he's like talking to like a baby with uh, either someone with kid or cancer or something. Like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, what does your barber use to cut their hair? Uh, scissors or chemotherapy? And I was like, God damn, that's clever. <laughs> like, it's fucked up, but it's so clever. It's good. <laughs> He could work with the, like, electrolysis or something. Yeah. Just, he could take with him. Take it around. I just thought it was funny, man. I got to say that. Put that in my pocket if ever I'm debating, a, like, a half-bald dude or something like that. Oh. 
Like, I don't know. Um, um, yeah. What was I going to say? There's something else I was going to bring up that you mentioned from the Cancer Kids. Cancer Kids. Uh, huh. Speaking of what I was watching, Thank You for Smoking. The other oh, that's day. good. Yeah. I like that movie. I mean, um, I just have fun like a little bit overbearing with the message. <laughs> you know, movies are, are cool when they're hitting you over the head. But as long as... Uh, I don't mind uh, like preacherist type movies as long as they make it entertaining for me. You know, mm-hmm. that reminds me of a topic I did want to think to bring up on the podcast. Um, her name's Arbor something I remember, but you probably heard of her because she got she made a video called "Dear Fat People." Have you heard about this chick yet? Uh, no. Where she's like talking about like how disgusting it is and how how unhealthy it is and how uh, fat people you know you can't wake up type shit. Mm-hmm. Like I get what she was trying to say because she considers herself a comedian. Hmm. She's not funny. <laughs> I'm just telling you right funny. now. She's not very funny at all. If I show you the video, because uh, she's one of these very pretty blonde, skinny blonde girl, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I'm always have my arms crossed when it comes to this shit like that, because um, it's really hard to take people seriously when they're very good looking. <laughs> oh, okay, gotcha. You know what I mean? It's no, just, I gotcha. And I'm not trying to be prejudiced against good looking people. And if you do think that, well, fuck you. You're good looking, <laughs> so you already got that on you. Know? I know, right? But it's just that that whole thing where they definitely grew up. With a naivety in life. You know what I mean? A little bit. Like, their lives are different from, like, maybe 100%. someone who's, like, at best average looking. They hear, they hear no a lot less, a lot less than anyone else in the world does type of shit. Hmm. But regardless, that's going to, that's going to make you grow up in a certain way or think a certain way. And more than likely it's going to be a little bit dumbed down. But anyway, she has a video where she's uh, basically fat shaming. And she says it's not fat shaming. She, she's claiming that it's, like, um, it's racism without racism. You're claiming racism without racism when you're fat shaming. When people say that's fat shaming, or when when someone who's really overweight is claiming that, oh, you're making fun of me, that's like being homophobic, even though you're not a homo, that kind of thing. Hmm. Because it's not because it's not something it's something you have a choice over medical condition wise. Like everything else, you don't have a choice whether you're black. You don't have a choice whether you're Mexican. You don't have a choice whether you're um, uh, gay. Everything mm-hmm. but the fat thing, you have a choice, and you're really you're literally killing yourself, your body. So she does not feel sorry for you. There's the thing. I get what she's trying to say. Really, she, it's like obese shaming. Really, because who she's talking about is those people on TLC's My Six Hundred Pound Life. You know? oh, okay, gotcha. She's really she's really talking about those people, but she's not making that very clear. Uh, but and she, and she seems like she's making fun of oh, just people overweight, you know. Mm-hmm. And just number one thing that's super offensive is she's not funny. <laughs> like oh, okay, gotcha. Like Louis C.K. Uh, literally has the, he has a joke about the big three, you know, the N word, the cut word, and faggot word, the F word, you know, and he makes it funny because he's articulate and he's he's actually funny on it. Mm-hmm. She just come, if you're not funny, if you're very careful, and I know this firsthand, but if you're not if you're not funny enough with it, you're just gonna come off as a bitch or an asshole. Right, <laughs> and right. she's coming off as a big time bitch. <laughs> that and you, to me, what's most offensive is like you're considering you're, you think you're funny and you're really not, and it's so fucking annoying when you. Have you ever been around someone who just keeps constantly making jokes that aren't hitting? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh no, I get you, I get you. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it just makes me like, dude, please stop. You know, like I just walk away. Like it's, I, I can't. It's, it's hard, man. It's hard to be like, this. This isn't, dude. Please, like, man. It's you know, you, you just get. I'm more offended for that than the fat people. <laughs> I'm more offended <laughs> for her fake humor. But yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a big, big, um, all over the like uh, the inner, the you know, what do you call it, the YouTube mm-hmm. world, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. The social media world. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. That's a big thing on her. Um, if you check out the video, I'm sure it'll pop up. I'll send you a link for it. Oh, okay, yeah. And you'll see, and you'll probably won't get through like more than two minutes of it because you're. How just long like, is it? Like four or five minutes. 
But you probably won't get through more than halfway just because it's not fun. You're like, this is. I already get what she's saying, and it's not fun. Like, oh my god. But know? like, is that her premise? Like, oh, I'm a comedian doing what comedians do. To- yeah, I've seen some of her other videos where she's like uh, talking about like girls who take too many selfies, type some things, and uh, just it's just, just the way she says like, oh, it's, it's just the delivery sucks. The jokes aren't hitting. Like everything. Like man, you if you were to come at this as a straight woman, like I could get that, and maybe I get because you're sending a message. But you're coming at this like claiming to be like, uh, you know the girl, you know the drunk girl at a party who thinks she's the life of the party, but really she's just like the annoying drunk girl. Oh okay, and she gotcha. keeps going. That's her, you know. What I mean? Huh? Yeah. Oh, I That's to check that out. It. Yeah, check it out just to, just for the, what you think about it. You know the drama behind it, and you'll see how offensive she's. It's coming off as super offensive. It's not even coming off for her saying a message to get healthy. It's not coming off at that at all. It's coming off like you're a bitch. Shut the fuck up, please. You know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know Chris Rock has a joke similar to that where he's talking about how um, how uh, f- like fat people can talk about skinny people yeah but skinny people can't talk about fat people that's yeah. just mean you know yeah <laughs> you know because it doesn't like i guess it doesn't really transfer over necessarily like yeah is there really a way to insult like a skinny person yeah like, I, mean, I mean there is i mean does that like I, I mean i wouldn't know like but like hey man did you come here from a time traveling from the 1940s germany <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> i don't know i mean i get that but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, okay, never mind. <laughs> no, no, I mean, <laughs> if I touch up on something else. <laughs> I was just kidding. Uh, I was just kidding in my head. I don't know. I don't no, know. I, I'm I sure there's ways into where it's funny. But I mean, like. They're th- not going to be that offended by it, meaning, right? Exactly. That's what yeah. I mean. Like, is it going to be more scarring? Or, like, I wouldn't know what that would be like. But, like, yeah. say, like, being made fun of for being fat, like, that. that's a little, like, well, it just hits harder. There's definitely know? a difference between, like, someone who's skinny who has body dysmorphia. That's okay. That's going to hit them hard. That's going to hit them hard. Right, right, right. Um, but... <laughs> Like, I think, I forgot who it was, uh, but I've heard this joke before from a female where, like, oh, you know, like, someone who's anorexic or bulimic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my sister, uh, this is a girl saying it, uh, but, oh, my sister's so anorexic, so you can tell every Thanksgiving how awkward and hilarious it is. She's, like, talking about that. And she's, mm-hmm. like, I always tell her, like, oh, my God, have you gained weight? <laughs> like, <she'll, laughs> like, every time I see her, I always tell her, have you gained weight? You know, like, that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the punchline, you know. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So now that's two different things, though. Someone who has like a medical condition where a mental condition where, right. anore- where they have body dysmorphia, where they can never get too skinny, or, and they're literally never throw- skinny enough. Never skinny basically. enough, and they're literally throwing up after every meal, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that would be as offensive as someone like that, as opposed to someone who's overweight and comfortable with their body. Because there's a lot of people. That's true. Who, there's a lot that's of people true. who are overweight and they're but they're they're fine and they're comfortable and they can pull it off and, and you're gonna make fun of them like they're gonna come at you with some quips too you know right they, right, they, right they've already developed that kind of personality or sense of humor where where oh shit never not, let me not make fun of this fat guy because he's 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 gonna be more wittier than me and he's gonna right. get me and can, he's fine and he's comfortable with his body so he doesn't give a fuck you know that kind of thing so it, I think it just depends really on the person's self esteem right 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 you know who you're really what you're really making fun of is someone. Someone's self-esteem or someone's confidence level, not necessarily their body type. You're, right, you're using the body type as uh, that's a, the, the the I don't know the conduit. The exactly, they, I know right. exactly. What I was trying to say, yeah, the conduit for it. that's that's the thing you're using uh, uh, to the, attack. You know, to the, attack that person. Now, based on their self-esteem, they're gonna take it hard, or they're gonna yeah, come at yeah. you hard. Right. You know, but um, I mean, it's like maybe it's like that for some people. Some people are like, like a couple of people that are okay with it. You know. Mm-hmm. Then there's a couple of people that are like just you know, just it's like a whole other you know like you know hell yeah you know, Mm -hmm. but then you know but just like you know your typical person you know whatever average is like in that situation, Mm -hmm. 
like would that hit them that way you know yeah i mean, I mean like, that's what we're talking about if we're talking about averages you yeah, know, yeah yeah i think it's more average for, i think more well let's say this i think more uh big people would get offended than skinny people would get offended. right average i mean yeah. just because i mean just whatever i guess that's just what beauty is you know like if you're skinny yeah. like you're good so like what are you gonna do to hurt me right know? right like i like you may you may think you're offending me but I, in reality i'm good in this world you know that kind of thing yeah yeah you know because it's like besides you know just like the uh dysmorphia people yeah like, so not, I mean, not including them how do, you know that's something like what do you think about like how society views the world and, and based on how you were raised to based on how you develop your confidence right there's right, got to right. be some kind of cocktail in there where you have to de- you're either going to develop a certain kind of confidence where you become comfortable with yourself or you're going to become some kind of like a low self-esteem issue, right you know? right uh, how, how do you think that cocktail is mixed in there? You think it comes from parenting? Uh, I mean, that's like one thing. Just mm-hmm. uh, experiences, you know. Maybe like there's, you know, parents uh, that just kind of like. I mean, because it's a trip, you know. I guess you don't really. Parents can fat shame too, you know. Without oh, absolutely, yeah. you know. Like you know, kids grow up like all messed up, just like that one scene in Big Daddy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, see that kid there? He probably was a nice little kid like you until his parents messed his head up, you know. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, there's no telling, you know, what the factor is. You know, maybe it could have good parents but you know uh like who knows maybe born with like you know just like a chemical imbalance something like well i think there's definitely like a yeah i mean the chemical imbalance is an issue but um let's say the parents don't help you know okay so like you're raising an environment where the parents are let's say you're born with a chemical imbalance and the parents are you're raised in in a world where the parents are not help doing anything to help and they're actually causing a negative negative effect it's gonna amplify obviously that right as you grow with it yeah as opposed to let's say someone's born with a chemical imbalance the parents can notice something and then they act on it and then they counteract it based on environment Mm. you know what i mean like right right yeah so i kind of i still kind of want to say it's the parents fault you know what i mean okay like just because either you did something or you didn't do enough or you did something or you didn't you do anything you know that kind of thing right right yeah um okay like say you know you you did have you know good parents that were very supportive mm-hmm. you know they caught it early on whatever and say you know going into and like this, school- this doesn't necessarily mean confidence yourself this could be serial killer anything where oh absolutely act, anything Definitely. where that person turns out in a, in a negative way yeah. right right you know and it could be like some like negative experience at school. It could be mm-hmm. a bully or just like maybe a humiliate, humiliating yeah, whatever the factor you know? is, right? To turn makes you turn out in a negative way. You know, uh, I mean, I guess it just depends on you know just uh, the person that you are. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe some people could just brush it off. You know, it could be a tough. But kid, do, like, so, nothing, so but. are you more to like that? Would be more to um, instead of environment, fucking um, uh, what do you call it? Just like traumatic experience. No, no, no maybe, the, there's or? a specific word for gen- genetics instead of environment. Or like nature versus nature nurture. versus nurture. Why that phrase was escaping me? But that would be more nature than nurture. Okay, you're okay. saying like this guy's born this way, he's gonna be a bad seed no matter what, regardless of uh, regardless of uh, nurture. I mean, I don't know, you know. No, like, no, that's what I'm saying. That's the example oh. you used, though. Like, uh, even though he had good parents, other shit was happening, and he's just gonna turn out that way no matter what. Do you think? Not that? so much no matter what, but maybe it's like it wasn't obviously it wasn't the parents because you know the parents were like a, a good factor, you yeah. know. But then, you know, like, maybe just, like, a really bad day at school one day, you know? Kid. But you're, you're saying other factors. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah. like, de- like you can't really just... But but you're just, so, but still, it's still nature, just other different natures other than the parents. Yeah, you know, just, like, yeah. whatever it is that, you know, just maybe kind of strays them off the path. See, that's what know, I'm so saying, though, because for the most part, 
your whole point of being a parent, uh, or at least this is my opinion, like the whole point of being a parent is you're reacting or acting based on everybody else's nature because you're not mm. with your kids 24 7 right right, and right you realize that and they spend more time outside of the home once they get to a certain age they spend more time outside of the home or not and they're going to bring that back with them into the home and that's where it's your job to, to mold or make right, sure right, right, you know right. that kind of thing so i still go back to either you did enough or you didn't do enough that kind mm. of thing because even if they're ha- hey, if they're having trouble at school and something goes down and you don't know about it that's still that's still kind of on you just based on responsibility wise because right you know that that's kind of why I feel like oh even though you were a great parent at the time but if you're not knowing about something's going on that's having a dramatic effect on them right that's on your bad mm. that's the okay, way I, I get you it, I get you, know? you. right because like, mm. I'm I wouldn't have a good conscience about it in, in, in if I had a personal experience where like uh, like I dude I think I'm a good dad I'm spending time with the kids you know doing my thing you know mm-hmm. teaching shit some shit goes on at school and I just don't I let him deal with it on his own without me interfering. Uh, and if it works out bad, that's on me, you know, and I'm not going to have a good conscience about it being like, Hey, I did my job. You know what the fuck? You know, that's on, that wasn't, you know, the teachers failed him. That's, you know, cause that, right. it's almost like it's alleviating responsibility from me. Right. Right. Just and, kind of pointing fingers. Yes, you know? exactly. It's pointing fingers and really like, Hey, he's still living in your whole household. Something was affecting me outside of your control. That's still when he's in your control. That's when you can be the mold, that type of thing. You know, I like me, you know, who knows? I don't know. And like, I'm not think i'm not to that fact yet. Right, right, right right but that's how i feel about it like it's still uh, it's still my job i still gotta do something especially while he's under my control under my home oh absolutely especially yeah. at an influential age you know definitely um uh just how you mentioned uh serial killers earlier mm-hmm. you know uh i mean like you hear about all these different ones you know these you know famous people yeah like, um it's like you know you read into it like i find it very interesting like the whole you know psychology behind yeah, serial killers yeah. it's like man like uh anyway you know um they all had you know very traumatic childhoods like yes. it's like horrible you know it's it, i don't want to like use that as a scapegoat you know just like because i mean but yeah, to I, not use it at all it's unfair no 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 yeah. i get you i get you yeah. i'm not trying to like, undermine like you know their experiences or anything yeah. you know but i do mean like like uh, man they still did horrible shit as, yeah. as adults as adults they still right did. But it's like trying to trace that genesis, you know, like where it all went wrong. There's a point where you feel sorry for them. There's a point where like fuck them, no matter what, that fuck them. And but if you go back long enough, like no, no, I feel for him at this point in his life. You know, I, I feel sympathy for him. You know, yeah, there's yeah. definitely there's definitely that kind of thing I feel. Right, right. You know, the, the only thing like the way I feel like you got to get to a point where you can critically think. This is how I feel. Regardless of whatever fucked up childhood they had, they had mm-hmm. to get to a point. Where regardless of what they what's influential in them between right and wrong, excuse me, the way they interpret things between morality being subjective or not or mm-hmm. fluid, or where they they're just not seeing it like social path type thing, there's got to be a point where like oh no, they there most of them aren't dumbasses. You know that's the that's the thing the the cliche that everybody wants to go through like these guys are just oh they're just you know they're killing the mind they're not smart most of them are pretty educated most of them are pretty smart oh yeah absolutely interviews like absolutely I remember seeing some like Charlie Manson interviews like over and over now like damn man like these are some of the same philosophies I had some these are exact some of the things I was saying when I was writing like a thesis on what my old most of my essays were like some of the like he's exactly saying about like. Uh, becoming your own god type thing and oh, right, you know right. like um, you know just the philosophical point of view not necessarily that I'm going to kill people right, had nothing right. to do with that but like the things he's saying like it all makes sense to me I get that I get mm-hmm. where he's coming from and I had you know like similar thought ideas just abstract thought right right and 
the, the difference is though, like if you're smart the way I feel about it, if but if you're smart enough to have those ideas, you're smart enough to know why uh, that why that's something why you fucked up. It's not like you're doing something blindly, and that's what kills me. Like oh shit, you know why I'm doing this? Cause I had a. It, you're already hit that point where like shit, man. My parents fucked me up because I was I was tra- I was traumatized when I was a kid. That's why I'm thinking like it should already click in your head. Well, in the way I feel like it's already clicking in your head like. Oh duh! I you know I had a traumatic uh, childhood abuse. That's why I'm acting out. Oh, that makes. That's why I have a tendency to kill these kind of people, right? You know. Okay. Like you can yeah. follow your own patterns where you're realizing like the reasons why you're doing this, and then you're like, if you can realize the reasons why you're doing it, are you just gonna be like, oh well, let me keep on doing it, <laughs> or are you gonna stop yourself and go? You know, that's what never I clicked for me, where if you you have the ability to critically think. And you have the ability to know the difference of where this is going or why the reasons you're doing this specifically. Like, I could already know why I, you know, like, why I'm attracted to these kind of women just because when I was early in childhood, this, you know, that kind of thing. It's subjective yeah, yeah, yeah. idealism, right? So, like, oh, so am I going to continue dating women who abuse me or, like, take advantage of me? Like, no. Right, right. I'm going to stop that because I just figure it out, the process. I'm like, oh, let me move on, you know? That's what I always, you know... I don't know. That's why I always um, baffled hmm. me about these people who come off as very intelligent, and I'm sure they figured out their own thing. Because, like, if we're figuring out watching a documentary about them, like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Why can't they figure out what live in their own life? It doesn't make sense to me, you know. Hmm. And why oh, they continue man. to choose these things? Maybe because, and then it brought me to the conclusion—not conclusion, but like a theory. Maybe it's uh, there's a great um, uh, quote under "Under the Red Hood." It's a Batman book. Mm-hmm. Under the Red Hood, but it's uh, Jason Todd. Who was a victim of the Joker once, and he says he kidnaps. This is him coming back, kidnaps the Joker, trying to get like a revenge type thing. And he says something that's brilliant to me because it's like um, the Joker's like ah, you know, laughing. He's an insane clown. He does things for whatever reason, no, without logic. Kind of mm-hmm. like what we're talking about here, right? But everything has logic, right? No, no, but uh, uh, without logic, without meaning, just to destroy, just to kill, just to kill. Some men just want to watch the world burn. Exactly, exactly. Right? Thing. And Jason Todd come, uh, and this is him coming back from the dead. Obviously, a uh, victim of the Joker and. And he comes back and is like, want to know a secret I learned when I was up there, like or down there, whatever. Um, uh, when I was, you know, on the other side, he says like, uh, you're not nearly as crazy as you want everyone to think you are. You just use that as an excuse so you can get away with the evil things you want to really want to do. Hmm. And now he was like, oh shit, man, maybe that's the maybe that's the theory, maybe that's the answer. You know, like people are using if they're smart enough to as smart as I I know they are. Uh, and maybe they're just playing up the whole sick uh, vic- victim role, that reaction role. They can see the big picture exactly. big enough or they can kind of like... Exactly. Like when they're chasing me back, they're going to know this is why I did these things. And they just use that as an excuse to do the things that are their, uh, their, their desires to do. You know? Right. Yeah. Um, huh. But, um, man, I don't know. Um, I'm just trying to think, you know... Like, what what if it's not so much that they have the ability to you know just kind of like stop and think like, uh, like uh, just a uh, oh one thing uh, towards the end of uh, seven mm-hmm. where they already have a uh, Kevin Spacey in the backseat or whatever D- you know. Didn't you agree with him most of that movie? Oh man, right man. With that, the exception of the extremes he was going through, right? The stuff he was saying wasn't wrong. I mean, right. I felt that way, you know. Just like his outlet was, you know, pretty yeah. out there, but yeah, he could have used a YouTube channel, you know. <laughs> he could have been back fat shaming, you know. That could have been that homegirl we were just talking about, right? Right. <laughs> but um, like there's this uh one in like during that scene, like uh Brad Pitt asked Kevin Spacey, he's like um like, 
when you're as crazy as yeah. you think you yes. are, do you know that you're crazy? Yeah. Like, you just get up one day and just think, like, wow, it's amazing how fucking crazy I am. And you know? I hate that scene. I hate that fucking scene because, you, for the most part, I'm rooting for him. And it makes him look like such a dumbass in that scene alone. And it It's makes, like ignorance. He, he comes out very it, ignorant. Very naive, very ignorant. And it makes you look at, this, look at the villain in the movie being way smarter than the protagonist right. and I hate and I was like well, I, I think that's the point of it yeah though. it is absolutely. well you know, Morgan point. Freeman is the real one who's the mentor you know, right he, it's called the uh, the Merlin role the mentor mm. in the film industry it's called the Merlin role thing mm. but like uh, the, was, the magician or the wizard but but and Brad Pitt's playing the warrior like the one single man thing right but I, I hate that scene because like I, you're, I'm supposed to root for this guy, and you just you just shut him off to half the audience right now. Right. Half the audience that that has his point of view. I wanted him to debate him. This is what I would want. I want him to debate him in an intelligent way. Right. You know, the whole time they're bringing up books that I love. You know, they're bringing oh man, Pearl, they're bringing the Divine Comedy, they're Divine bringing comedy. John Milton's Paradise Lost. You know, they're bringing up these books that I fucking love, and I want him to debate him on an intellectual level. Why is Batman my favorite? My favorite fucking because uh, he fights every one of his villains on an intellectual level before a physical level, and it's that thing of like, damn, you're turning me off to this thing, you know that kind of thing, you know, right? You know, I mean, not to take away from Morgan Freeman's character, but he's not the leading man, you know. Mm-hmm. He may be the the mentor, the protagonist, the fellow protagonist behind the scenes, the mentor role, but he's not the leading man, and you're making the leading man. You're 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 you turn me off them now. I want him to lose. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, he's uh like his role is just like that, uh, almost just that like. Fight or flight, you know, um, like he's yeah. that aspect where it's like, oh, um, it's just like kind of like all anger and emotion, you know. Yeah. He just reacts like he doesn't have a, he, he there's no like net for him, you know, like because almost everything that you know anybody does, like he's like through that whole movie, he's just like a pitbull, yeah. exactly, you know, mm-hmm. just you know easily, you know, just uh, yeah. And when he brings that part up, it just showed the ignorance he has, that kind of thing, and like you're not doing anything that Kevin Spacey's character doesn't want you to do, you're, right? He, everything exactly. he did is in his control because he wants you. It's going all according to plan, and you're just falling victim. The bad guy wins in that movie for 100%. Seven is one of the only movies where the bad guy wins. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I feel about it. He wanted that. He wanted that right. guy. His, you know, everything that happened, and he became exactly what he wanted, a martyr to himself. And I mean, it's, it's really, really, really tough to argue. Like, you're, uh, anybody intelligent can't argue that point of view. Or, right. I mean, it's hard, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um uh, going back to I'll touch on it real quick but there's yeah, yeah. there's three three archetypes you're going to find in a movie and you're going to find either a warrior a lover or a teacher teacher is the magician mm. um, and those are the only three you find in the rare cases where you get a person who is all three he then becomes what's called the king <laughs> and that's the king archetype and you see that very rarely in films obviously King Arthur is one uh, William Wallace and Braveheart. He's a king. William Wallace. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you get like, uh, like example. Uh, oh, uh, Samuel Jackson and Coach Carter. He's obviously mm-hmm. the teacher or the magician, the teacher role type thing. Any romantic comedy, you have a lover as the lead. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or the warrior. Like Three Hundred is an example. Gotcha. You know, like gotcha. shit like that, where it's obvious. You know, you have a or the movie Warrior for crying out loud. But very, very rare where you get one who's on all, th- all three together. You know, where he's a lover, he's a he's a fighter, and he's also a teacher. You know, and that becomes the king role. You know, like, right? That's how. If you ever look at any movie, start looking at movies like that where, where you're looking for archetypes. Check out for this. like your James Bond. There's, I think, three different kinds of um, uh, villain archetypes too, and I want to say it's the Frankenstein character, the Jekyll and Hyde character, huh? Or a werewolf like character. That one goes as both. It's the same thing. It's a just a man, man. Uh, a duality of man, like uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, like, uh, the werewolf or the the 
Oh, and there's also a vampire uh, character, which is like a, someone who leeches off someone. Like hmm? Gordon Gecko in uh, Wall Street, he'd be a vampire character. He leeches oh, yeah. off people for money, that kind of thing. Gotcha. Uh, and then there's the monster. I think that's the first one, the fourth one. Like the Joker to be a monster. They destroy okay. just to destroy. Right. Godzilla is obviously a monster to destroy. That kind of thing. So, it, it, you know, the archetypes in the movie industry, like when you start to recognize them, like, oh, okay, he's playing that kind of role. Oh, you know, he's playing that kind of thing. You know? It's kind of cool to recognize it as huh. they're happening, you know? Uh, Tom Cruise in Magnolia. Uh, Tom, um, have you seen any other movies from Tom, um, Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh, like horror movies? Was no. It, wait, or who am I thinking? Uh, Wes, Wes Craven? No. no, no, no. Oh, you're thinking of Paul Anderson. Is that who it was? Yeah, because okay. there's two. There's Paul Anderson and Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, okay, okay. But Thomas Anderson, he did Magnolia, but the first one I ever saw from him was a little after Punch Drunk Love. With, oh, with uh, the Adam Sandler. And I thought that was such a cool, like, I, well, keep in mind, this is the first time I've ever seen Adam Sandler in a non-Adam Sandler movie. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But I remember watching this, like, oh, this is a good, this is a good one, you know, like, this is something different. You already instinctively notice, like, because uh, there's really rarely a score in the background, mm-hmm. so you're not hearing that goofy-ass flute whenever oh, Adam okay, Sandler, like, I think, but you're here, like, a, you could tell it's an indie movie right away. And I loved, uh, I'm sorry, you know, I, mean, I cut you off. What were you saying about Magnolia? Tom Cruise and Magnolia? No, um, his is that um, that uh, werewolf. Mm. I, I think it was based off of um, a book, right? Uh, Herman has a Steppenwolf. Actually, Steppenwolf. yeah. I say that was a weird character, wasn't it? Based off. Uh, I think it was actually directly based off of that character. Mm. Just the way he's like man, and then he's just kind of just like this whole like uh, melange of just like just anger. Yeah. Because uh, I remember uh, I saw that movie in uh, one of my philosophy classes, mm. and we were doing a thing about that. And he like my uh, professor, he wanted to like like talk about that specifically. Yeah. Like it was this one scene. It was towards the end where um, uh, Tom Cruise's character in that movie. Like his dad is dying. Yes, I remember. You know, and yeah. he's he's angry at his dad because yeah. he's dying. You know. Yeah. And he he just went off on this. That's whole a thing, powerful you know? scene. I really and like that. Scene. That shit is crazy. You know, like yeah, I just remember that. It, like it always, it's, even till this day, it sticks out. Yeah. Like uh, like, you know, looking back after, you know, because I saw it in context, you know. Yeah. Explaining, you know, just the whole Steppenwolf ahead man of time. And, yeah. Uh, the whole uh, I think it's like a cross between man and animal, just like you know. Uh, soberness and then rage, you know, whatever yep. you want to call it, and uh, I think that's just why, like, like watching it, I was able to see it like that, you know, um, mm-hmm. subjectively, you know, with you know, just uh, knowing like the whole background of it. Yeah, you know? that's a great. Uh, there's parts where like um, I, I like. Part of me is I want to see things blindly just to see the original take on it, and then oh right, right. but there's no way for you to see something blindly and then see the exact same thing on from subjectively from a different point of view after you know everything you know yeah, yeah I yeah. wish I really wish there was though right like where you can just or you saw something blindly and you enjoyed the experience and remember the experience and then brainwash yourself into going back and seeing it like oh, after you know mind like, over matter maybe I don't know how, how you would accomplish that and, like eternal sunshine type stuff just have your memory erased <laughs> yeah it just kind of happens again but I used to love yeah. to uh, one of the. I, I would do this movies. I'd get random. I'd pick like, uh, remember Warehouse? <laughs> remember Warehouse movies? They used to sell movies in. Oh, movies the Warehouse, like absolutely, man. And I'd always go to the used section because I'd get like three buck movies. Seriously, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember I would always pick like five movies a night, you know. And for a long time, uh, for a long time, what I would do is I pick some movies I've never even heard of, I've never seen before. Like I, uh, I would use American Splendor as an example. You ever seen American Splendor? American Paul Giamatti. 
Atkins play? It's based on a real mm. character on uh, Harry Crumb, I believe his name is. Harry Crumb? Like, who is Harry Crumb? Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm sorry. Harry Crumb's friend, uh, who was Paul Harvey, uh, who was just... Paul like, Harvey? Another... Is he a radio personality? No, no, no. He's a cartoonist, uh, but he would... Um, he'd do a lot of satire shit, like, making fun of real world type thing. Political cartoonist? Yeah, political, but more like everyday life shit, you know? Oh, okay. Well, anyways, um... So it was comic books, but it wasn't comic books. It was like more like strip comic books, you know. Right. And um, he's pretty famous. If you look him up, I'm sure. But the movie was called American Splendor, and that was the name of the comic originally, um, American Splendor Comics. And uh, anyways, I never heard of this at all. You know, I've heard of Harry Curran because of the uh, Fritz the Cat. He's, uh-huh. he's the he's the creator of that. Really? That, yeah. Uh huh. That's that's Harry Curran. So so I've heard of that. You know that kind of thing, and that's about it. Anyways, uh, I'm reading the back. Oh, this looks interesting. I'm gonna buy it. You know, especially at the time. Do you remember my whole DVD collection? Oh yeah, yeah, of course. So like that, before Netflix, there was Steve Flicks, that kind of thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I would do that all the time. Like at least a week, like five movies a week. You know, what else I'm gonna do? I'm a teenager with the fucking two jobs. What the fuck else I'm gonna do? Just right. I would come home and I would. Um, um, at the time, I was playing uh, Medal of Honor on PlayStation. You know, that uh-huh. kind of thing. You know. But I would plug in the audio outlets to the DVD player with the visual for the uh, PlayStation. Okay? Oh, okay. So, and then what I would do is I'd watch the movie while I'm playing the game. I'm not watching the movie. So, you know, I'd listen to the entire movie while I was playing. I'd do it about two to three times. So I'd, do the, I'd, watch, I'd hear the movie about two times, maybe three. So I already know every scene, even though I'm hearing it. Right, right. Without right. visualization of the characters that are playing it. And then I would do it again with the director's commentary. I don't know why I got this idea. I think I just wanted to. Oh I'm man, doing... the commentary is the best. So I do it again with the director's commentary. Then after I finally, you know, so now I know the movie. I've seen it about two or three times, and I've I've heard the director's commentary. Well, all, like for me, director's commentary were the original podcast for me. Oh I just yeah, yeah, hear, yeah, you know, yeah, that's absolutely. how it was for me. Definitely. I love to hear conversations about things going on. And it was like that. Kevin Smith, I fucking his director and commentaries. I love, I, <laughs> dude. I over and over I hear him, and then it evolved to his podcast eventually. So, anyways, so as I'm playing like whatever video game I'm playing, and so you because you're killing a few hours, then I'd finally like okay, let me watch the movie now, and it's completely different from what I had in view, and it was just so cool to hear voices, and you already had in your head different characters, pictures in your face, right, right, right aside right. from like the cover who the main characters are, who you can picture talking, right, everybody else, every other scene is completely different for you, and it's really, really, it's because so it's familiar and it's different at the exact same time, mm. and it was really, I did that maybe for uh, right up until after the Marines, so at least a few, at least a year or two, you know, oh nice, but it was, it, but it was definitely a cool. Like I recommend, I'm, I'm, I want to try it new now, but I don't have fucking time now, man. <laughs> but I do want to do that now, where I, I listen to a movie and I know the movie before I watch it, just so I can like have a have a picture in my head and then see how the picture compares to real life type thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, like I said, I, I'll get back into that eventually, but that it was like my cool little. That's that, pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah that was my niche. Awesome. I thought I, I thought I mentioned to you before how I would do uh, it. No, I don't think so. Yeah, to be yeah. Honest. And yeah. I and I would do this for every like new movie that I've never seen before. That would do that. You know, so it's pretty cool. Hey, not bad. Um, uh, we're well past an hour. Do you want let's uh start part two? So let's. Um, I'll just finish the, the original song we're playing with for as our outro. But uh, yeah, that sounds good. But all right, this is an OG uh, snooze and booze podcast, man. <laughs> It's been a while. Uh, yeah, it has, man. But I'm glad you liked it. We'll continue. In, uh, we'll continue this conversation on the next part. So please stick around. Please join us or download the next episode. Uh, I'm Steve, and I'll catch you on the flip side. I am Loaf, and keep your glass full.